Good to be with you. And that was exciting, what we were talking about earlier, and just really good to um, see how Living Hope um, is arranging these opportunities, not just activities for the sake of activities, but opportunities to connect. Because it's all about connecting with each other and connecting with Jesus, connecting with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. And, you know, the topic of prayer is enormous. And we don't want to overwhelm. And we felt like one of the things we wanted to do, we talked to Pastor Brian about it, is we don't want to just talk about prayer. We actually want to do it. Some years ago, I had somebody challenge me. You know how often somebody will share, can you pray for me? And they share their request and we say, yes, I'll pray for you. And we go away and there's sometimes we forget or we don't follow through. And I do that sometimes, I'm learning not to. But there are moments when someone shares their heart and we can just stop and say, can we pray right now? And I, my thoughts go back to Luke 11, 1, where it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. They saw Jesus' prayer life. They saw that connection he had with the Father. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. I prayed that prayer a long time ago, probably in the 80s. And I uh, remember being in my living room in Hong Kong and getting up early. My kids were little. And Lord, teach me how to pray. And over the years, he's done that. He's still doing that. And so that's what we want to bring to you today because prayer is ultimately communication. It's about relationship with Jesus, with our Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. It's not necessarily a method, but it's the motive of our heart to connect. And that's what's on God's heart. And it's a relationship. Sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, oh, I just don't know, have the words to pray. It's not always about the words. It's about whatever you would talk about to your best friend. That's what you talk to Jesus about, because he is our best friend. And so we want to just introduce you today to three simple tools to um, add to your prayer life. And there's many, many tools. And these are just three simple ones. And we're not just going to talk about prayer. We're going to pray. So we're going to give you short pieces of time after each of these methods. And you can actually pray. You can turn to someone close to you and pray with them. Or you can pray privately. Just give you that choice for yourself. But the first one we're going to talk about is a very simple method I learned a long time ago. And it's easy to remember. And so Dave's going to share that one. Am I on? Okay, I'm on. Um, the first one is about uh, 
uh, we have an acronym for ACTS, A-C-T-S, and each one of them represents a word. And this is a format that you can use. It's a basic format. You can use it as a whole, or you can even use it just as uh, individual uh, segments, like maybe one each day. But the first one we have is, is A for adoration. And I looked up the word for adoration in the online dictionary, and this is what it said. Adoration is a feeling of deep love. Some people say animals don't have emotions, but you know the adoration in your dog's eyes that it's just not true. You know, we were in Colorado this week and for a, a future missionary retreat. Not that we're going to be future missionaries, but that uh, we, were, we were just like serving as mentors. And uh, when we came home late, very late, uh, actually early morning, uh, Friday morning, but when we went over to our son and daughter-in-law's uh, house, Beck, Ace and Becky, they have a dog, a puppy, and um, it's... It was the picture of adoration when we went into the house, uh, wagging its whole body, uh, not just its tail, and licking and just, you know, showing adoration. And I have some marks on my arm that uh, show that exuberant uh, adoration. But, you know, we surely should be able to adore a God who's almighty, who's loving, who's merciful, uh, who is all-powerful, uh, we surely should be able to adore him more than a dog adores us. Don't you agree? But in the, concepts of, uh, uh, when, in the context of prayer, the noun adoration comes from the Latin word meaning worship, uh, particularly in a, a religious way. If you adore or deeply love somebody, that describes the feeling of adoration. And I just give you a couple uh, ways to do that. One of them is to just take one of the names of God. Think of that, Jehovah Jireh, for example, my provider. And just love on God for those aspects of, of his names. Um, another way is just to Google. Now, isn't Google, isn't that a, for English teachers, isn't that an interesting verb? But anyhow, Google or whatever browser you use, but just put in the words um, uh, adoration of God and uh, do a search, and it'll come up with various psalms that relate to adoration. Uh, just for example, Psalm 111 is one of that. And in, in the first three verses, praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with us, as with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. So just take one of those phrases and you can, you can love on God uh, with just one of those phrases. Perhaps each day, uh, just concentrate on one. The next one is confession. And confession is, I know... That's something that I need to do very often. And, um, you know, who doesn't need to do confession uh, regularly? And if you don't, didn't raise your hand on that question, then maybe you need to do it more than others. But I don't know about you, but I need to do that regularly. And often, uh, maybe it's when I show impatience, when things don't 
uh, go my way. Or maybe I get angry and snap at somebody when, when they do something that I don't like. Maybe I'm driving down the street and somebody pulls in front of me or is driving too slow and I may blast my horn or, or you know, do some kind of angry gesture at them. Uh, then maybe I drive past and on the bumper sticker on a car, maybe it says, Jesus loves you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but anyhow, this is uh, one of the things that we uh, need to do regularly. Uh, as P Pastor Brian preached a couple weeks ago, uh, in the hundred percent of being human, uh, like G uh, you know, like us, Jesus was tempted in every way that we were tempted. The only thing is, he never had to confess uh, because he did not sin. He wasn't. He didn't give in to the temptation. But I think the loving, merciful God is described in, in Micah chapter 7, verse 18, like this. Who, where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of his special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love. And of course, that echoes what John, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So confession is, is in essence, is simply agreeing with God about the things that we have done about our sin and telling him that and confessing it to him. There's just one other uh, aspect of confession, and that is just the fact that we need to confess that we are totally dependent on God for everything. You know, in the passage in, in John uh, chapter 8 where Jesus talks about the, I'm sorry, John chapter 15, Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. And he says, unless you're connected to me, you can do nothing. Uh, he doesn't say, you know, you can do a little bit, uh, but you can do nothing. And that's deeply humbling. humbling. So we need to confess we need God. We need God to do anything for him. The T is for thanksgiving. And I, don't, I won't say too much about this one because maybe it's one of the easiest things for, under, uh, for us to understand. In our reliance on God, there are many things each day that happen to us that you know, we want to thank God for. Um, and we focus on him with our thanksgiving. Um, there might be some, but I'm not aware of any other country that makes this a national holiday. Uh, and, and so it's a day when, as, especially as Christians, we call out and thank God for all of his abundant blessings. I know for myself, I need to do this more often. Thanking him for his mercy, which is new every morning. Thanking him for the things that he has done. Um, as some of you know, my daughter Becky fell off a ladder about three weeks ago, and she fell and, uh, and ended up with a concussion and four micro fractures in her neck. And uh, we know one of the things that I've been thanking God for every day is that it was not worse than it was. She's expected to recover fully. She's doing better each day. The pain is subsiding and, and all these things. So sometimes we just have to thank God for things that didn't happen that could have. 
So thanksgiving is one. And the last one is about supplication. And the word supplication is not a word we often use in our daily language. Supplication is a noun, but it comes from the Latin verb supplicare, which means to plead humbly. And this is, might be one of the things that we do most often. You know, we ask for God for, our, uh, for the things that we need. We ask Him for healing. We ask Him for maybe some emotional or physical uh, need that we have. Uh, but this is not, um, it's not something that we, just like a simple prayer that we might say at lunch or dinner, but it's a deep, uh, humble pleading with God because we know that God is the only one that can provide for those needs that we have. I think Luke chapter 18 tells the story of blind Bartimaeus. And uh, one day when Jesus was coming into Jericho, there was, he saw this blind beggar sitting at the gate. When the, he heard the commotion that was going on and he cried, uh, he asked people what was happening and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. He shouted out, God have mercy on me. Um, and I think that's uh, one of the examples of supplication. So it's a very deep uh, request, a very deep uh, calling out to God for, for help in various things. So I want to just take, say, three minutes, and whether you're with, you do want to do it privately or with somebody, just kind of practice these four steps. Maybe just say a sentence about each one as you think about it. So we'll take three minutes and we'll practice this method. Dear Father 
and Jesus, our friend, our brother, our savior, Holy Spirit, our companion, our advocate, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that we can adore you, that we receive your love and we pour it back on you and you overflow it to others. Thank you that we are the apple of your eye and that you look upon us with love and adoration and we want to return that to you. Father, thank you that you give us an opportunity to confess. We don't need to carry all that stuff with us. We have a place we can go. We have someone that will hear and listen and that you wash us clean and you give us another start. Every day your mercy is new. We thank you that we can also confess and agree with your truth about us that even though we sin, you still love us. And we thank you that we can give thanks and that we can connect with you through joy and gratitude. And Father, supplication. We just pour out our heart to you. Whatever's going on, we don't have to clean it up. We don't have to say fancy words. We just come to you with all that we are and all that's in our hearts. And you listen. You bend down your ear to listen. And you respond. So thank you, Lord, that we can use these these words, these tools in our life so that we can connect with you. And thank you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Another way that I have found um, to pray, that I, a tool I use in my own life, is uh, scripture prayer. Why do I use this method? Because sometimes, honestly, my words just are not enough. And sometimes I'm not sure my words are the right words to say because I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm praying about a situation where my emotions are really high or it's complicated and maybe my emotions are not always the best ones, I find that sometimes I need to use God's words to pray. And... In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Sometimes I like to use my words to try and do those things to other people. I don't know if anybody else struggles with that, but many times I would be much better off to take those things into prayer and use God's words. There's endless numbers of ways you can do this. The Psalms. You know, David, King David, the man after God's heart. The Psalms are like his journal. 
his connection journal with Jesus. And sometimes when you get into the Psalms, they're very, they're usually very real. Like, I cry out to you, God, I am in the pit. Help me out of this pit. He talks, he has prayers about his enemies. He has prayers about his friends. I mean, those are wonderful things to use to just pour out your heart to him. So the Psalms, um, just many, many prayers in Scripture. And so we take a prayer and we can personalize it. I remember when my son, Josh, was in high school. I think he was a junior. And he had expressed to me that he wanted um, to grow in his spiritual walk. And so I felt the Lord put on my heart on his birthday. It might have been his 16th birthday that I should pray for him every day. And I'm thinking, Lord, do I have enough to pray every day for a year? And, the, and so the Lord gave me the passage in Ephesians chapter 3. There's a prayer there. And I used that prayer every day for my son, Josh. And after that, I didn't tell him I was doing that. But after that year, his spiritual life had grown. And so when he turned 17, I told him, Josh, I've been praying this prayer for you every day for the past year. And so we're going to give you an example. It's already on your handout that was in your bulletin. And let's go to the next slide. I don't know if this is big enough you can see it. But my suggestion is we're going to give you a little time to pray this. And this is just an example. So I took the prayer out of Ephesians 1, and I took the prayer out of Philippians chapter 1. And what I did was every time there was that pronoun you or your, I put name in there. And so I would like you, as you go into prayer, to think of someone that you would like to pray for using one of these prayers or both, that's up to you, during your time of prayer, and you put their name in it. So, for example, for this reason, ever since I heard about Joshua's faith in the Lord and Joshua's love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for Joshua. That was the prayer I prayed for my son, Josh. So, or you can pray this for yourself, you know, Ever since I heard about my faith, you know, Paul's writing to the people he loves in the city of Ephesus. And this is a powerful prayer that he prays for them. Or the one in Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God every time I remember you, Dave. In all my prayers for you, Dave, I always pray with joy. And we're entering into the words of God and the heart of God for that person. We can agree with God in his will, his mind toward that person. And it's a very powerful way to pray for people. So we're going to give you two to three minutes. And again, if you feel like you want to pray with someone next to you, agreeing in prayer, let's pray for our son. Let's pray for our daughter. Let's pray for our parents, just my friend, whoever you choose. And you pray together or just pray quietly. 
that's up to you. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for the words that you have shared with us. Ancient words, timeless words, powerful words. That we can use those words and connect with your heart for us and for other people. Each person in here, I pray that you would highlight a piece of scripture to them. Maybe even just one verse that they can use to pray for themselves or pray for someone else or pray for a situation that is tough and our emotions sometimes get in the way, but to pray your prayers in your heart for those people and situations. Lord, we thank you for hearing these prayers these names, these people that you love. Thank you for hearing and thank you for answering, Jesus. In your name, amen. Another thing that I have learned to do and is I didn't know quite 
what kind of a word to use here. I used the word visual because I'm a very visual person. But um, you could also use experiential. Um, and so I'm just going to capture a lot of different things in one word, visual. And what do I mean by that? Um, it's using experiences that you've had, memories, because those are real things in your life. You can use pictures. You can use music. You can use, um, I mean, the list is endless of things that you can use. But it's like using something more concrete. And Jesus used a lot of concrete examples in his teaching and parables. Like he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so he uses very practical things. Oftentimes, um, maybe it's just the way my brain is wired. Oftentimes, I mean, this sounds really goofy, but I like to read what people's t-shirts say. Sometimes it's not always so nice. <laughs> Don't read those. Just read the good ones. But uh, I remember one time I was on the train in Hong Kong, and it wasn't absolutely jam-packed that day. And there was a guy standing behind me, and I saw the reflection in the window. And I turned around, and I read his T-shirt. And it was exactly something I needed to hear from God. I know that sounds weird, but God just does really cool stuff. And I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you. I needed to see that today. And so I just started a prayer right there on the train as I was riding to my destination. Thank you, Lord, for, for that and for what you spoke to me and just need to take that in and meditate on that. And just objects even in your world that you encounter, don't overlook the simple things, simple ways that God wants to speak. And um, it has to do with how your brain is wired with right brain and left brain. And when you, like, focus or allow your left brain or your right brain to have a voice, it often will take you into a more experiential relationship with Jesus because your right brain is the one that is more emotional, it's more sensory, it's more holistic. So Give your right brain a chance, all you left-brainers, um, because God wants us to experience him holistically. And also, brain science, actually neurotheology, tells us that expressing joy and gratitude opens the relational circuits of our brain. By expressing joy and gratitude to God, we open our relationship to him. And that works with other people, too. And that's why when we enter into worship with music and joy and gratitude, we connect with one another. We also connect to our Father. And so I picked out this picture. Um, I don't know if any of you know what that is. It's a little distorted, but that's Pike's Peak. That was the view I looked at every day this week. Well, except when it was snowing and I couldn't see um, and cloudy, but... The weather cleared, I think, on Wednesday, and this is what we saw. This was about 5.30 in the morning, and the sun was coming up, and the mountain in the back was just tinted this beautiful pink and yellow color. And so I ran outside and took a picture. But 
I chose this picture because as we meditate and look at that picture and just allow your heart to express each itself, what can you express to God based on that picture? For me, that's an actual memory, not just a picture. But for you, that's probably a picture. But what, as we go into prayer, to use this as like a uh, little help, what can you be thanking God for as you look at that picture? And if you can't think of anything, just say, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to see in that picture. And just express that to God. So we'll take about two or three minutes and do that. Father, we look at this picture and so much just wells up. You're steadfast. You are faithful. You are almighty. You are awesome. You are beautiful. You are the creator and the sustainer. Thank you for what we see in our world around us that reminds us of who you are. From the very smallest little flower to the majesty of this mountain, all speak of who you are. And we thank you that you desire a relationship with us. So we honor you. We stand in awe of who you are. And we bless you. Jesus, thank you. In your name, amen. To close, I just want to share with you a 
an answer to prayer that we had um, in just the last few years of our service there. We've had many answers to prayer, but this one kind of stands out to me above some of the others. And you can go to the next slide, please. Um, the story in, in, in our church in Hong Kong, we had many different nationalities. One of them, uh, we had a few uh, uh, Ethiopians. One of them was the girl that you see on the right. She was a beautiful young lady that came from Ethiopia seeking asylum. And um, she applied to the United Nations office there. And as they do and try to get the refugee status, then they can uh, be set, resettled in another country. And Ada is her name, and uh, she was with us for about three years. One Sunday, she came in with the news that she was going to be resettled in Calgary, Canada. And uh, I had a former student that was living there, and I wrote to him on Facebook or whatever messenger, and um, he uh, said, I asked him if he was willing to kind of look out for her if, 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 as she went to Calgary. And he said he was happy. This was coming up to near Christmas time, and he, he said, our family will have her into our home for Christmas and everything. And that was just a, a wonderful thing. But about two weeks before Otta was to leave Hong Kong for Calgary, she came into church one Sunday and she was crying. And she said, they're going to send me to Halifax uh, in Canada, Nova Scotia, instead of Calgary. And uh, she says, I don't know anybody there. You know, how, uh, ca uh, Calgary is, is kind of on the western side of, of uh, Montana, north of that. Nova Scotia, Canada? Did I say? Okay, whatever. Uh, Not in Montana. <laughs> well, I said it's, it's in Canada, but it's north of Montana. Halifax is on the far eastern side of uh, Canada, and it's, you know, even farther east than Maine, the state of Maine. But anyhow, um, she uh, came in crying. Cindy saw her, and she uh, just prayed for her and asked her what was, what was wrong. And, and uh, so we, as we do pray for every one of our people that left the church, going back to their own country or, or going to another country, we prayed for her. And I have to confess up front that we didn't pray with a great deal of faith. Um, we prayed that God would put somebody in her life there, make a friend for her uh, that she would uh, meet soon. About two weeks after she left Hong Kong, went to Halifax, I saw her on Facebook online. I wrote her, wrote her a, a note and I said, um, how's it going, Ada? And she said, Pastor Dave, you will never believe it. She said, I had to go somewhere probably to register something. She didn't drive, and so she had to take a taxi. She said that in the, the, when I got into the taxi, the, the taxi driver was uh, Ethiopian. And, okay, that's great. And then she said, as I was riding in the taxi, I, he kind of reminded me of my dad. And here, lo and behold, God put them in a taxi in Halifax, Canada, with uh, an uncle of uh, an uncle, or maybe a relative. I'm not actually quite sure. Don't remember, but it was a relative of hers from Ethiopia that she did not even know was still living. He had left Ethiopia for Kenya. Was in a refugee camp there, and uh, he uh, and God put them together in that taxi. 
so amazing. And that's the kind of God that we serve, even if we sometimes don't pray with the faith that we need to. So I just want to encourage you with that story. God cares, God listens, and he will, he will hear our prayers, even if they're not prayed with a lot of faith. Yeah, I remember praying with her and thinking, Lord, what can you do? But it just was amazing. And it reminds me when we don't have anything, we have him. And he's available to us. And so that really challenged my faith. You know, in Ephesians chapter 3, as part of that prayer I mentioned, Paul says, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. And so if I can ask it and if I can think it, it's not big enough for God. And, you know, we know, too, that there are times God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want. And that's tough. And that's a whole nother topic. But God is always listening, and he always has some redemptive purpose somewhere. And that's what I pray a lot. Lord, accomplish your redemptive purpose, even though I can't see it. Another thing I often pray when I don't know what to pray, I have no idea what the right thing is in a prayer. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a safe prayer. And then a tag on is, and Lord, help me to do the part you want me to do. And then to listen what the answer might be, what he says. And so that was just a powerful example. And we have two or three other examples, very similar, especially with some of our refugees, where there is just no way. And yet God does something. And that has really humbled me and encouraged me in my prayers. And sometimes we think and we say, well, we'll just pray. And I want to challenge us that praying is never just Praying is the first thing that we do, and it's powerful, and it's something God wants us to do more, just to connect with him in his heart, because prayer is ultimately an expression of trust in God. And just this week in this retreat, we were challenged. How many times do I pray but not really believe what Jesus says? That's been a challenge on my heart this week. We choose to take him at his word. We agree with him, his character, his love, his way. So Lord, teach us to pray. And as we go forward as a church and we grow in prayer together, that's my prayer. Lord, teach us to pray individually and as a body together, a body of part of the body of Christ to teach us how to pray in accordance with him because it's always exciting and it's always good. And I appreciate what this church already does in praying for one another. And the Lord wants to expand us and grow us together. So thank you for being willing to experiment today with some different ways to pray. And I just want to say a prayer and then Pastor Brian will come back up. 
Father, that verse just comes to my mind again. I think it's in the Psalms. I love the Lord because he bends down his ear to listen. He bends down his ear to listen. And the smallest cry or the greatest cry, you're ready to listen. Thank you that you are that kind of a God. You do not stand far off. You listen to us just the way we are, that you attune with our hearts. You meet us where we are. You do not judge us or push us away when we don't say it right. You just want to hear our heart. And so thank you for that invitation. And we willingly accept that invitation to come and share with you to listen and speak. Thank you, Father. We love you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.